I am William Locke. And joining me, as he always does for MLB-related content, is Luis Barranco, a special 4th of July Critics Corner edition. Luis, how you doing? I mean, it's 4th of July. I hope everybody's having some glizzies. Pause. No better American holiday to down some glizzies and watch baseball, you know. Yeah, we can watch the hot dog eating contest tomorrow morning. Joey Chestnut is like a minus 1,500 favorite to win that uh, competition again tomorrow. That's always fun to watch in the morning. Uh, obviously, baseball on all day. It's a great tradition. Um, but, you know, fireworks outside. It's a great day to get outside and enjoy the weather. You going to the game? You going to the game tomorrow? You going to Wrigley? Or you going to – No, I think cool. the the Cubs are – the Cubs are in town. They're playing Milwaukee, but I'm not going. And then I think – the White Sox are out of town, so I, I'm not going, though. I'm right. saving my money for when the Braves come to town. The Braves come to town, and then I think the Diamondbacks come to town, and then the Yankees come to town all within the span of, like, 10 days, so I'm saving my money for that. So, yeah, so that's that's a, that's a big. Um, Whether Chicago was shit this weekend, um, what should we call it? The, um, the game yesterday, the Guardians-Cubs uh, game ended, like, during Sunday night baseball. And then I was watching the Grant Park 220. That was pretty fun. I mean, I mean, it looked awful though. My guy, Jensen Button, the Formula One driver, was out there. And the, uh, um, the commentators were like, yeah, that's some inexperience right there. And I'm like, stock car racing in F1 is completely different. It looked like they were going like 80 miles an hour around a Lake Shore Drive. So. It did. It looked like they were going really slow. And then didn't they cut the race from 100 laps to 75 because of the rain? And they couldn't have it on Monday because the city would have fined NASCAR like a significant amount because you know they want to get this shit out of the way because it is it's like in the middle of downtown like the roads that they blocked off affected traffic significantly like I had to my softball league last weekend or sorry last Tuesday got canceled because of all of the roads that were blocked off we couldn't get to Grant Park because of the NASCAR stuff so it that definitely like kind of uh affected the city so they're like we got to get this shit done 75 laps i don't care if it's raining we're doing this i mean it was comedy it felt like like crazy chicago drivers driving out there because that's how they were going 85 miles an hour so it's just like just a normal day in chicago with a couple of idiots just driving 100 you know i saw some quote i can't remember if it was from like a nascar official or someone in chicago they said well we know the cars are going to go fast but we don't think these are the fastest cars have ever gone on Lake Shore drive <laughs> and then also uh on saturday evening after they had the uh, xfinity race i guess like the minor league race um that night apparently some cars somehow snuck their way onto the racetrack overnight like just regular civilian cars uh they broke in like through the field museum there was a like a a gap in the, the the way they had everything blocked off and they were doing messing around on the track overnight <laughs> I think one guy got arrested um, for that. So, I mean, interesting weekend. It was monsooning all day. I was driving out to the suburbs and some of the roads were flooded. It was rough. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm glad I, they got that in. I don't really know how big of a deal it was in the city, like for for NASCAR. And I don't think many people really came out of town. Because like, if you think about it, like NASCAR's demo, like the, the traditional NASCAR fan probably isn't going to want to come to Chicago. <laughs> uh, if we're being honest, they probably feed into all that you could say Fox news agenda on what the city is, even though that's not, it's just not true at all. Um, in, in some cases it is, but not, not for the entire city. And I'm sure a lot of them didn't come and it didn't look like it was that crowded. One of my buddy for, buddy, buddies from work went, he said it was fun, but he also like is into NASCAR, which is kind of funny. He also okay. likes F1. So 
I mean, F1 is just way superior. I, I watched it for like 10 minutes and I was like, I turned it off. I was like, no. You watched NASCAR for 10 minutes, right? F1. I watched the I watched the NASCAR race because I was just like curious because that's how I think the one in Vegas is gonna be. Because we have F1 in Vegas in November. And that's a huge deal. I mean, the cars will be faster, but I kind of think it's gonna be pretty similar. Like they were turning like at 40 miles per hour per hour. So it's just like, okay, you know. I mean, I can go I can do this on my local you know, roads on Poplar Avenue. People people on Wanna Grove and Poplar Avenue back in Memphis are driving crazy during that. Well I I bet you people on Lakeshore drive 80 or 90 like they were driving last night. Like oh, you I, see no it's 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 not regular civilians. Well I guess these people are it's it's the Ubers and taxis. Like if you if you're from Chicago or if you visited Chicago and taken an Uber or a taxi, you know like you better say your prayers, kiss the ground, say goodbye to your family before you get into one of those Ubers or taxis because they drive recklessly multiple times um in chicago i've had an uber i'm like this might be it like i i'm i'm nervous so yeah people always drive crazy i mean i'm not a big motorsports guy it just doesn't tickle my fancy i am a big baseball guy and i do think we have to transition into this week's pod Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be dropping two pods this week today and then later uh wednesday thursday or or next weekend today gonna be all-star game or all-star game roster reactions and then like a June recap or June team of the month and, and some other news and notes um, from recent news, um, some trades that went down, some injuries um, and all of that. And then next or later in the week, we're going to be doing our trade deadline preview and a little bit of a draft preview as well. Uh, we got the draft, the all-star game and the Herman Derby all next week. So big week next week out in Seattle. But I mean, without further ado, so let's let's just get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. And we had uh, the roster, All Star Game rosters announced yesterday. Um, the starters were announced on Thursday. We're recording today on Monday. The, the full rosters came out yesterday. I refuse to give you my thoughts over text because I want to save this for. We both but, did. Uh, we refuse to. Yeah, give our thoughts. Let's start with the. Na- oh, sorry. Let's start with the American League, and we'll we'll go through player by player, and we can. Agree, disagree, give brief thoughts. I'm, I'm sure some will be bigger pain points, talking points than others. Let's go. All right. Can we just start with the easiest easiest one right now? Like straight up right now? Can we just start with the easiest part of this? Okay. Because I think we'll both be in agreement that they got the relievers right, except for one reliever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let, let, let me just – starting catcher, Jonah Heim. Oh, we're, we're, we both had that. We both had that. So good congrats to him. Oh, we're going starters. I thought we were going through we're going player. We're going player by player, player by player. Because we haven't talked about the starters yet either. No, we have not. First base, Yandy Diaz starting. We both had that. Second base, Marcus Simeon. I think we can both agree. Third base, Josh Jung. I went with J Ram. I can't remember who who'd you have at third? I had Chapman because of the vote, but that's pretty crazy that Jung made it with the numbers that Chapman had. Yeah. Texas had Texas had Four starters. They had Corey Seager at short. Corey Seager at short is is a little bit ridiculous to me. He didn't play enough games. Bichette should have got it, but I mean, because of the vote. But I mean, it's still pretty nuts that they had four starters. It just goes, and this is more representative on the NL side about how they need to fix the fan vote because mm-hmm. there's no way that they should be having like some of the guys that Atlanta got in shouldn't be starters. Like they should not have made it that far. Same no. thing with Texas and Toronto. Some of the guys that made it were just because of the amount of votes that they had. It just shows how broken 
the the system is. Yeah, it's definitely speaks to their fan bases more than like the years those guys have had. I Canada mean, Canada has a whole fucking country. Yeah, let's get that out of, out of the way. Texas has a Canada has a whole fucking country, and Texas has half the state if you think about it. And it's a one of the most populous populated states in the country. Corey Seager only played fifty two games, and like he has great numbers. Don't get me wrong, but okay. yeah. the fact that Corey Seager starting and Wander Franco isn't even on the roster, uh, I, I take issue that. with that. You just leaked that part. I mean, yeah. that's well. The- this is in the American League, so I think that's everybody's big dilemma, a big gripe that Wander didn't make it. Just go through the list. Just go through the list because we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna have viewers here for ages, man. Okay, okay, okay. Your outfield starters: Mike Trout, Randy Arozarena, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge won't play obviously because of that injury. DH: Shohei Otani. That's obvious. Uh, catcher: Salvador Perez as the Royals rep. Neither of us saw that one coming. Well, that's uh, kind of a, well. That's a. That's an, there should be an asterisk. That's and true. Talk, and we're going to talk about that later because that's kind of like we both had a role as Chapman, but he was traded on Friday. So I probably he got voted in on Friday, but then because of the trade, you know, oh, okay, you know, it's invalidates. So. True, yeah. So Salvador Perez, his legacy, when we look back on it, it'll say X-time All-Star. Um, and that additional all-star he got in 2023 is literally because the Royals rep got traded two days before these rosters were announced and they had to pick somebody and the Royals were so bad that even, even then, bro, how many, how many is like Salvador Perez, Salvador Perez is probably the king of being the Royals rep. I, I, I just feel like Salvador Perez knows that he has to hit at least 250, 260 every season. And he already has to like book his family's flights out to the all-star game. Like, his family probably already plans for a family vacation to wherever the All-Star game is. So whenever it gets announced, all right, we're going to Philadelphia next year. All-Star game in Philadelphia next year. Yeah, this will be his eighth All-Star game in 12 seasons with the Royals. So, And obviously, uh, 2019, he was out with an injury. 2020, there wasn't an All-Star game. So really, like eight, in, eight All-Star games in, in 10 seasons. There's only two real seasons that he didn't make it one was in 2011 where he only played 39 games his rookie year and then 2012 he played uh, 76 games ever since he started like becoming their full-time catcher he's been an all-star uh again except for 2020 and 2019 when he got now, now my question is i bet you from 2012 to 2014 he deserved it or for 2013 to 2015 that's like deserving yeah that that was that because was those Royals teams those, that those were prime that's when the Royals won the world series so those are the prime Royals years yeah he had the only season he had MVP voting was 2013 and then 2020, which I don't count that season. Um, he won a gold glove in 13, 14, 15, 16, and 18. So he's put, I mean, he's put together a, a lot of accolades in, in his career. Now, my, but my question is, is, um, and it just slipped in my mind. So <laughs> Royals won the World Series in 2014, right? 15. 15 over the Mets. And that's yep. when the Mets had Syndergaard, Harvey, and uh, I don't think the ground was up, but it was Thor. Thor was the scene. So no, the ground was up. The ground was up. Okay, yeah. So maybe that three-year span from 14 to 16, he deserved it. And thinking about the AL catching market at that point, I can't even think of any AL catchers at that point. I think Pudge already retired. In 15? Like that span, that 14 – there was Matt Weeders, but I think Weeders was young. Ooh. Um, I, I'm looking up 2015 American League catchers. 
Because the Yankees didn't have a catcher, neither did the Red Sox, because Veritech was gone and Posada was gone. And the Yankees and Red Sox haven't had a catcher since. Weeders was there. Uh, had, yeah, yeah, you had Salvi, you had Kurt Suzuki with the Twins. Brian McCann was the Yankees catcher that year. Russell Martin with, with the Blue Jays. You had, be, had, yeah, it was, it was bleak. It was bleak. You're and right. Like, and there should be an asterisk next to Russell Martin and Brian McCann because, yes, deservingly, they were great catchers in their heyday. But that is like oh sorry, no, those those were those weren't all stars. Those were just catchers that no, that's what I'm saying. They were on the downslope. Like when you think of Brian McCann, you don't think of Brian McCann, Yankees Brian McCann, you think of Braves Brian McCann. And when you right. think of Russell Martin, you think of LA Dodger Russell Martin. Russell Martin kind of got around in his career. But yeah, you, you think of Dodgers. He was a two-time all-star with the Dodgers, made an all-star game with the Yankees in 2011, 2015 with Toronto, he was an all-star. So I mean, four-time all-star, Russell Martin, not bad. He's Canadian, right? He went. I remember he went to Toronto because he got paid to go to Canada. Yeah, he's from Canada. Yeah, and and, the, and that's when the Blue Jays were just throwing money at the wall just to like see if it sticks with no direction. But other than that, I mean, that's pretty crazy that Salvi has all those accolades. Yeah. Um. Other catcher, Adley Rushman. Obviously, we both have that one. In, in all right, two infielders. Um, here we had Vlad Jr. from the Blue Jays and Whit Whit Merrifield from the Blue Jays. I mean, that's I think the one All Star that everyone is taking issue with this season. I had Brandon Jury in this spot, and when you look at the numbers, I mean Brandon Jury. I mean he's had a better season than than Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield wasn't really on my radar at all. He's got a 1.2 Fangraphs WAR and a 98 WRC plus, so he's about a win above replacement a league average WRC plus guy, 282 average. And that's, he's always been like an average hitter, like hit for average. He's had at 282, um, two homers. I don't really understand that selection at all. I don't know. Do you have any? So, so, so in the, I'm going to quote Jeff Passan last night because Jeff Passan made a perfect argument last night on the show. Who else for second base is there in the American League? Andres Jimenez, who was there last year, has had a down year. Who mm-hmm. else are you going to send? I had Brandon Jury there. He has 14 home runs. He's hitting 277 with a 500 slug, 122 WRC plus, and a 1.7 Fangraphs war. But then, what Merrifield's on the better team? If you think about it, yeah. But who cares about that? It's not about it's not about your team. It does it does matter? It does matter. I mean, yeah, partially it does. And then you have to think about it. He steals bases. He's kind of been there. It's just kind of like yeah, okay. he, he does have 18 stolen bases. That's a good, good point. You know, he's a, he's good defensively, and Brandon Drury kind of plays all over the place. So it's just kind of like tit for tat. So I I I understand that, but Jeff Passon's like, who else are you going to send? And okay. then like, I mean, that's oh, that's a fair argument. I had Drury, but Drury just got hurt. So then Whit yeah. probably would have made it anyways. And he was on the and he was on the fan vote. He had he had a cold country on his ass. Pause. Pause. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Boone was petitioning for Glaber Torres. No, no. That's that's what Jeff, Jeff Passon said. Who are you going to send? Glyber Torres, and everybody kind of just was quiet on set. Like yeah, nobody said anything. Library, yeah. Like uh, Mendoza, what's her name? Jessica Mendoza was like, "Oh, Brandon Drury." That's the only thing you can make an argument for. But still, it's just like the Angels are in. Like, I'll get into my talk. I actually took time on Friday night to watch the Angels Diamondbacks games. Yeah, you see what the Angels are. The Angels are bipolar as fuck, and and not to like discount mental health or anything. I'm just saying like. One day the Angels will put up 10 runs, and then the next day they'll just go dormant, absolutely dormant. And it's just like the Shohei show. I understand he's good, but like 
It's just that team's just like mid. He can only do so much. Trout's Trout's been okay, but in terms of like Mike Trout ex- expectations, he's had the worst year of his career. Yeah, and he's but it's starting the All-Star game. That team, that team's just mid. That team like it's bipolar. Like, yeah, they can they have the talent to make the playoffs, but it's just like they don't inspire any confidence. If I'm going to Vegas with a thousand dollars and having to bet between them and the A's, I bet on the A's. I'm not gonna lie. For what? I know what the A's are gonna be. For what though? To win a game? For anything. To make the For anything. If, I, if, if I have to bet on a game, let's say I go to Vegas today, I walk into the MGM um, Grand or I go to the Caesars and I'm going to the sports book and I have to pick between an A's game or an Angels game. I'd rather bet on the A's game because I know I'll make some money off the A's. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Because cause, cause the Angels, you, you just don't know. Yeah. And that speaks to their starting pitching. Um, no, but that's just everything in collectives. Like they're hitting, they're starting pitching, their defense, just everything. They've had a lot of injuries. So, but they're clearly going for it. They traded for Eduardo Escobar. They traded for Mike Mustakas. Like they're making moves clearly, like for this one last run with Otani, and then hopefully trying to like entice him to come back in the winter. But at the end of the day, they're what four games over five hundred. They're still like middling. They're you know in that wild card race in the American League, sure. But yeah, well, Mike, they are pretty. They're pretty mid. They're kind of what we expected from this season, like eighty-one and eighty-one. I actually can be better than that. But you know, you know something about it. You know what might save the Angels to make the playoffs? Mm. Is that they get all those filler games with the A's. I know that it's not a lot. Yeah. In comparison versus like a Blue Jays or Yankees, because those Blue Jays and Yankees teams, because we can probably or we're safe to say that Tampa or Baltimore is going to win that division. So then it's going to be down to one of those two teams getting it. And just think about it like that whole AL East is just going to cannibalize each other. Let me see how many uh, how many times the Angels play the A's in the second half. They already played them once. They already lost to them at the start. Yeah, so they have two series against them. They have two two three-gamers, so six games left with Oakland. you got to win five of those at least. They got Pittsburgh and Detroit in there, so you got to win those series. You got Seattle, who's mid. They got Detroit twice. Um, so, I mean, you know, they have a schedule, but they're an A team, so, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I could totally see this Detroit – I like what I'm, I like what Detroit's cooking. I don't know why, but I feel like Detroit can be one of those teams. But that's that's another pod. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. They have they're kind of one of those bipolar teams. Like some nights their offense explodes and they score eleven runs. Other nights they get shut out, get no hit. Well, not get no hit, but get close to getting no hit. Uh, they're they're another one of those like hit or miss teams, but they don't have a lot of talent. So that's kind of the way it's going to be when you have that that kind of roster. Um, Bo Bichette, we agree with that pick on the All Star team. Uh, Luis Robert made it. I think he should be starting over um, a Rosa Reina or Trout, but he's probably going to end up starting because Judge is out, right? So uh, he's been unreal this year. He still strikes yeah. out like insanely amount, insane amount, but he's been great. Hey, teams should scout him. Like if you're a contending team, that should be your. You should watch him in the All Star game. Yes, I think he will. I think he's. If he the White Sox were smart, he's one of the guys they would move because they can get a, a pretty good return for him. He is the best player probably available at the deadline, probably. Yeah. Austin Hayes made it from Baltimore. That one was a bit of a surprise for me. I understand why he made it. And I think he has like a 342, like some insane OBP or average. They were talking about it in the last with the Red Series. And yeah, I understand it. But at the same time, there's other guys I would have picked over him. 
He has a 312 average and a 352 on base percentage with a 1.9 fangrass or which is good enough for 13th in the American League. We had you had Mashitaka Yoshida. I had Alex Verdugo in that slot as our Red Sox reps. And then you also took um I took Mullins as a replacement. Mullins. And you had J-Rod on the team as well. J-Rod didn't make it. I, I look, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make an argument because he's had a season. It's one of those picks that you know I personally didn't look deeper into the numbers. So like I can that's a passable one. Yeah, I understand. He's one of those guys where if you look at it, it's like, oh, he's got a high average, he's got a high OBP, he's on a winning team. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, let, let him go. Yeah. And then our final hitter for the American League is Brent Rooker. He'll be the A's rep. Memphis How? native. Memphis How? native. How? Over Esther Ruiz? This, Esther Ruiz probably is going to make the record for most stolen bases. Dude has 42 stolen bases yeah. before, the, before the break. Brent Rooker really Brent Rooker had a good April and that was good enough for him to make him make the all-star team. I guess considering how bad the A's are. Bro, I'm just saying if I'm a free agent, if I was a free agent, just like a journeyman free agent, MLB guy, veteran, I would call the A's and be like, yo, give me one year, give me a one year, three million dollar contract. Why? With you can be an all-star. With incentive, with like hella incentives, with like incentives to like make the all star game and incentives at the wazoo. Because if you just have one good month, you're guaranteed to get traded one and you're guaranteed to make the all star game. Yeah. So, give, me, give me like a give me like a 500k bonus if I make the all star team. And yeah. And then boom, trade value skyrockets. You have, have one good month and then you, 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 boom, you're in New York for the rest of the season. Try and plan for in October. Right. People were, like trying to break down the trade deadline and they consider Brent Rooker a trade candidate. How? I'm like, How? I wouldn't I wouldn't want to trade for that guy. Sure, he had one good month, but he's hitting 243 on the season. He strikes out 30% of the time. Uh he, you know, 1.3 war is fine. 130 WRC plus is good, but those numbers are inflated out the no, wazoo. No, no disrespect to him. I think that should be a t-shirt. No disrespect, but uh because I always say that, but uh, <laughs> But just no disrespect to Brent Rooker, but it's just like he's a platoon bat. If the Twins could, if you couldn't make it on the Twins, the Minnesota Twins, who are in dire need of offense right now and need bats, like, bro, it's his, tough. Yeah. So I'm looking at his splits right now. He hit in his, his April was amazing. He hit 358, 471 OBP with a 791 slug, hit nine bombs. Then he, dude, then, he's, in, then in dude, May, he falls off a tank. One ninety eight average, two eighty nine on base percentage, only two home runs. June one ninety one average, two sixty seven on base percentage, and again two home runs. So again, we were right. One month and this guy's an all star. So I mean, good for him. But I'm sure like he himself knows that he's very frustrated with the way he's performing for the last two months, with the way he's performed for the last two months. And he's like, I don't know if I really should be an all-star, but I, he's like, I know I'm on a horrible team, so it makes sense. That, this may not never ever happen again in my career, so you know what? It'll be something good to tell my kids in a couple of years. Exactly, exactly. It's just like, what I don't understand is like, what was the logic? Because there's still a couple more. What was the logic for these team reps? Because like one good month literally gave you like, all right, cool. Buddy feasted on spring training pitching, essentially. right. And you know, yeah. pitchers tuning up, and now since the the bats, since it's getting hotter, pitchers are are now getting into into form. Mm-hmm. It's like all right, he's just hitting. He fell off a cliff. Like, come on, bro. And the league had time to adjust to 
you know, whatever his splits were and they adjusted to be able to get the guy out. And clearly they are. I did play against his, he's a Memphis native. I played against his brother a lot growing up Mm -hmm. uh, all through travel ball and then into high school. So I think his brother played college. His brother might not have, but I remember Brent Rooker went to Mississippi state. That's what I was about to say. He went to Mississippi state and was drafted like seventh round in Minnesota. And like what I'm saying, if you couldn't make the Minnesota roster, bro, Minnesota needs hitters. Like they're going to be one of those teams at the deadline, like hunting hitters out. Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota needs hitters. I was trying to think of an analogy, but I, I couldn't come up with a, with a good one. Uh, pitchers for the American league. You got Otani. That makes sense. He makes the game as an all-star hitter and pitcher. Garrett Cole, we both had. Luis Castillo will be your your hometown Seattle Mariners rep. I had him on the team. You had J-Rod. Um, which, Sonny- really, which really nobody in Seattle like this year deserved. No. Nobody did. Fans are so – the Marlins – or Mariners fans are so disappointed with, with their season, and rightfully so. You got Sonny – What? They should be. They've, they, yeah. they, they, they were a team that we both – that expectations were to build on what they did last year but if you looked at deeper into that team there's just went tits up it's already tits up like we said it was going to happen i will never forget the moment where it's like fifth inning of the mexico puerto rico game and i'm like the seattle season really could go down fast it really could just sink and it's been that way and it's just like i think last yesterday's game was a big anomaly of their season it was a big like thing they go down six to one versus Tampa and then yeah. they come back and win it eight to six. So it's like very telling. They're 40 and 42. Hugely one of the biggest disappointments this season. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah you were right like you said that in our season previews. You said that at the game we were at um like you're like yeah this this could go badly for Seattle pretty quickly and it did. You got Sonny Gray made it. Uh, I had we think we both had that one. Nathan Avaldi made it. Uh, you got Kevin Gossman, Shane McClanahan, Framber Valdez, and then Michael Lorenzen is your Tigers. Okay, rep. so so before we get into the Lorenzen one, um, McClanahan's probably not going to pitch, so we're going to have to find. They're going to have to find a replacement for him. Yes, I saw that. They're going to find a replacement for him. So who do, who 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 gets in? Who where does that door open? Joe Ryan. You could go Joe Ryan. My question for you is who starts the game. I mean, probably Shohei. Yeah, they'll probably it should be Cole though. I mean, it'll probably be Shohei, and then I mean that's what the fans want to see. Yeah. Or or fuck it, Shohei can be like, I don't want to fucking pitch. Which honestly would be the smart move because they need every yeah. inning from that guy. The Angels need every inning from that guy. Yeah, they they need every freaking inning. So it's just like, whatever. So I'm just thinking, who gets in over over uh over what's his name? Over uh over McClanahan, who's who's getting the nod? I think, I think you might go add in Joe Ryan. I think you might be right on that one. Or no, like Eduardo think, Rodriguez, but I don't know if you can have two Tigers reps. I mean, Eduardo's been out, and Eduardo won't come. Well, they say Eduardo's back this week, but I don't know if they're gonna give him enough workload that it'd be like you know, hey, go out and pitch an All Star game. Yeah, that would be dumb. That'd be dumb coming from a finger injury. And granted, he's a very, very big control guy. He paints the black. So you could go, you could go George Kirby. You could go Pablo Lopez, even over Joe Ryan, Zach Eflin, Hunter Brown, maybe. If you take Pobs, Pablo Lopez, you're, you're like, that's a disrespect to Joe Ryan. 
I just I just don't know who else would get in. So I just kind of think it's Joe Ryan music, essentially. And my biggest, or, or I would be mad if Shane Bieber makes it. Because we're going to see this a lot in the NL side. That Because for listeners that don't know, the the reserves are voted on by the managers and coaches of these teams and the players. And some of the guys that made it have no business making it, but because they have a name in the league and they're because it's like straight nepotism. Some guys really don't deserve it. And we're going to see a lot of nepotism on the NL side, which I think in the NL side, we're just going to have a lot of debate because there's a lot of picks on that side that we both are going to be like, whoa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but granted on this, like my biggest issue is how the fuck did uh, Michael, Michael Lorenzen make it? He's like, like, he a four two eight ERA. How? You could have shipped up Riley Green. I mean, again, Lorenzen's not even the best pitcher on the Tigers. And I know Eduardo Rodriguez has been hurt, hasn't pitched since the end of May. But, I mean, this guy's got a 4-2-8 ERA. He has no business on the All-Star team. I know the Tigers stink and you have, like, there's hard. It's one of those teams where it's hard to pick a rep. Because Riley Green. uh, Yeah. I mean, Riley Green's been hurt, too. So... But but it's just like Riley Green's been better, and so has Jason Foley, the reliever. So it's just kind of like, what are you gonna do? Like, why are we sending like no he's been a journeyman, a career journeyman. Some of these picks just make absolutely no sense. Yeah, we both had Jason Foley as our tiger strap, but they go with Michael Lorenzen. Interesting enough pick. Um, he's in that Brent Rooker class of like enjoy it because you're probably not probably not gonna be back. Well, imagine in the baseball like <laughs> the baseball when they go up for Hall of Fame. We're going to look back on this like in five to seven years and be like, wait, weren't Rooker and Michael Lorenzen were on an all-star team? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a few guys like that every single season. I feel like we look back and like, this player had... Right, who was it last year? Think about it. I don't think last year there was anybody that like, I was like, oh, shit. I think last year's picks, we were all really, really good in agreement. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, these these were pretty damn Well, good. we had issue. We had issue with... um. That was the NL. We had more issue with the NL pitchers. Yeah, the season. Nola and Wheeler thing last season. But, like, was there any, like, really, like, big one that we were just like, oh, wow. I'm looking. I mean, Santiago Espinal made it. But I think he was via injury, and he was having a good year. Joe Mantiply, that's probably the only one random good year he had, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through the roster right now. They all kind of make sense. Jazz Chisholm was a starter. Because he had an insane start, and in the, in the second base in the NL is weak. Oh, the Ozzy Albies was hurt as well. He had Jeff McNeil. Ball. Yeah, McNeil. Starling Marte. Ian Happ. Garrett Cooper. Garrett Cooper, that's one. Well, Garrett Cooper was hitting 300. And Garrett Cooper's still good. It's not like he's, you know, falling off a cliff. He's still a serviceable first yeah, baseman. I mean, he would, he would, he was in trade talks last year. Like, every contender was thinking about him if they needed yeah. a corner, corner help. Could you imagine him on a Houston team last year? Houston might have swept Philadelphia. Yeah. The- yeah. Yeah. I mean, all these players, I'm looking like the roster kind of checks out. Like, uh, you know, there's no like Brent Rickers or, or Michael Lorenzen's last year. And then the relievers this year for, for the AL, we got Kenley Jansen, Emmanuel Classe, Felix Bautista, and Yanir Cano. The only one that I didn't expect there was Kenley Jansen, but he has been solid for Boston and he's their yeah, rep. Yeah. But I mean, if he's the rep, I mean, it's just kind of like Devers got squeezed out in your Devers debate that, yeah, it wasn't a Rafi Devers year. He, yeah. He's his RBIs are inflated, probably because of the first month and a half that the Red Sox had. But other than that, you know, what has he done lately? So he hasn't had a Rafi Devers year per se. So it's kind of like cool. Yeah, I don't have any issues with those picks, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I mean, 
I would say the only note I have, sorry, with the American League bullpen is the Yankees bullpen is by far the best in the entire league and they don't get an all-star rep. Now my counter to that would be, well, who do you pick? Because it's more of like a unit being really good than one particular pitcher holding down the bullpen. They have a lot of guys, Michael King, Tommy Canley, uh, Wandy Peralta, um, Rocky, my guy, Rocky, Marnaccio. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) my guy, it'd be hard to pick one. And obviously you can't send an entire bullpen unit to to the all-star game. So I'm fine with that. Um, otherwise, I mean, I think the American League team ultimately is pretty good, except Brent Rooker and Lorenzen. And then the bit of a head scratcher, I think, with, with Merrifield were kind of the main pain and points. Then, and then Wander not making it, but I think Wander is going to make it eventually off like injury replacements and everything. Mm-hmm. And this happens every year. There's snubs, but then there's a bunch of injury replacements, and ultimately it all kind of ends up ironing itself out. The National you know, League, are you ready to move know, on to the National League? Wait, I just have a couple more notes. Okay, okay. I just thought of something. Give me, I just need to like fact check this. Like, because I'm just thinking about these reps. Like, I'm looking on Google because, like, Detroit, like, how? Like, how does he? It's, it's so crazy. Today, we're in 2023. Yeah. You could have sent Miguel Cabrera at this point, a 40 year old Miguel Cabrera. I think fans would have been more interested to see him than, you know, than that. He's not a free agent until 2026, but I think everybody kind of knows he's, like, ready to retire because he was managing teams on his way left to the World Baseball Classic. So he was a legacy selection last year. I think that might have been because MLB thought it was going to be his last season. And then he comes back this year, and he's not a legacy selection. Obviously, you can't do it two seasons in a row. I mean, the MLB is stupid because do you think a man's going to leave $32 million on the table? Right. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. You know, he was, he's been over the hill for a few seasons, but he going he going to do the A-Rod, you know, the freaking A-Rod, man. A-Rod, play until that contract is up. Well, the Yankees cut A-Rod. I was at his last game in New York uh, in like August of, of 16. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that, that, and the other thing too about what these picks is like Wander didn't make it. That's the biggest snub. And I think we can both agree. A lot of these picks for the reps, like Oakland's rep, not Oakland, but I think Boston, I think is the biggest one that we we like. It's kind of like, what do you prefer? What do you value? It's very, very much like, oh, I value good pitching or good hitting. It's very much like very preferential. I think I would have gone with one of the outfielders over Jansen, but it, you know, it is what it is. All right, let's get to the NL. I think the NL is going to be a longer one that we have to talk about. So the catcher, Sean Murphy, we both had that. First baseman starting is Freddie Freeman. I had Matt Olson. I think you went with Freddie, so that's fine. I don't have many gripes with that. I can see the Freddie side of the argument. Second baseman, Luis Arez, has to be. I mean, Atlanta fans have gripes about it. Well, I mean, when you really like look at the, the numbers holistically outside of just home runs – Freddie's Freddie's had a better season than Matt Olson. He just but I mean I'm just saying I mean Atlanta fans aren't very happy about it. Of course, Atlanta fans aren't happy. It's their player, but they have plenty of other starters and players on this roster that some don't have any business being on this roster. So they did their they did their business. Luis Arias starting second baseman. That's fine. Obviously, guys almost hitting 400. You got to tip cap there. Third baseman Nolan Arenado. 
I went with Imer Candelario from the Nationals. You went with Arenado. I should have just went with Arenado because, I mean, why would I think that a Washington National would have made it over Arenado? Just the bigger name. Uh, it makes sense. Shortstop Orlando Arcia. This is where the controversy comes. This is where we're going to have a lot of debate because the fan vote is fucked. There is no way this year that Orlando Arcia or Francisco Lindor should be like that. You know who should be there? Well, Lindor didn't even make the team, so that's uh, that's a good thing. You know who should be there? Danzy Swanson. Nope. You're going to say Matt McLean? Yes. He's played exactly. 43 games. If Corey Seager can make it, why can't McLean? Because at that point, it's just like, that's what I'm saying. If we're, if we're saying, oh, I haven't played enough games to beat, then why is Corey Seager on the team? Why is Aaron Judge on the team? Yeah, I mean, all right, look at the numbers. Matt McLean, 313 average, 375 OBP, 143 WRC plus, and a 1.9 Fangrass war in 43 games. He has the exact same Fangrass war as Orlando Arcia has. Arcia has played 62 games to McLean's 42. They both have seven home runs. They both have 28 RBIs. McLean has four stolen bases to Arcia's one. There you go. Arcia's probably better defensively. But I, I don't think it's that big of a difference. The WRC plus significantly goes to Matt McLean, and he's played a lot less games. I'm and he, he I mean, he just yeah. ha, he does he simply has better numbers than Arcia. He just does. And Dansby Swanson, the argument for Dansby, he's had a down year offensively, but he's the best defensive shortstop in the National League. So if you wanted to, if you're a defense guy, you go Swanson. But this is what I'm saying: McLean should be in because the dude also has like a 24 game on base streak right now. He's a freaking rookie. The dude's on the best team in the NL Central right now. Yeah. Like he I mean, it's the NL Central, though. It's, you know, it's not saying much. And the Miami Marlins are in second place of the, of the NL East. Orlando Arcia is on the best team in baseball. That that would be the counter. Yeah, because, because Orlando Arcia plays with the, probably the MVP, MVP one right now. He plays with top top five third baseman in the league right now with, uh, with Austin Riley playing with uh, first baseman number two right now in the league in Matt Olson, catcher one in the whole league right now in Sean Murphy. And who else does he play with? Oh, yeah, his pitching staff. Yeah, probably top five pitching staff in all of baseball. Yeah, I mean, we know what the, the Braves are. They're a, a juggernaut. That's, that's what I'm saying. So it's just like, well, uh, just because the Braves have Braves country behind them, like, why yeah, not I mean, McLean's numbers are better, but he plays for the Reds. It's like a lesser known. I can't wait. I can't wait till like no disrespect to Braves fans. I like. I love. The, I love watching the Braves. They're one of the funnest teams to watch. But like, this is just a big problem right now in baseball. That like, okay, because of how baseball teams are settled in right now. For example, Braves country spans literally from. All of Georgia, parts of Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina, and a little bit of Virginia. It's most of the Deep South. Them and the Cardinals control the Deep South. It's like they split both, the Cardinals and Braves. Like they have like, if we were to do like uh, MLB imperialism, they would own so many states of just like populous states. And like, I understand they have history, but like, we have to act rational here. Like, yeah, yeah. And no, if you, if you, if you, Dansby Swanson was a, was an all-star in that lineup. And Dansby's bat was not like, that's always been the knock on him. 
So it's kind of like it's kind of like a career. Thing. He used a career year offensively last year to get a contract, go to Chicago, and his numbers offensively are down again because he's because he's protected in the lineup with a bunch of guys. In comparison, in Cincinnati, Matt McLean, who is he protected by? Jonathan India is in a career slump year. Okay, they've brought right. guys up and down. Ellie De La Cruz, yeah, he's a rookie and he's doesn't have the plate discipline of a Matt McLean. Spencer Steer is hitting seventh in the lineup, which is an abomination. Joey Votto just came back. Tyler Stevenson is having a down year. The only other guy in that lineup that's hot for the Reds that's playing good is Steer, but he's hitting seventh. TJ Friedel, Will Benson, and what's his name? Uh, Jake Fraley. Fraley. The problem is, is like they've had so many people up and down that it's literally, we don't know who's going to start tonight. Or the night because there's they have so many guys and so many moving parts and guys coming off injury that it's just like he's getting slotted around next to guys that you know come up. I agree with you. I don't. I don't think RCA should be starting. I think that's most baseball fans agree with that. But it's Vaughn Grisham. Vaughn fucking Grisham last year had a had a, had a was good. I'm just saying it's the same debate that we have in F1. And sorry, I'm doing F1 right now, but. It's very common. Right now, Red Bull has a way superior car. They're beating teams like 20 to 30 seconds. The number two driver isn't that good, but because he has the best car on the grid, he finishes routinely second. It's just like when you're giving, like, given all these freaking tools, you literally are put in a place to succeed at a much higher rate than other guys. And McLean is more deserving. Uh, yeah. I think you made. I think you laid out the case. I mean, I don't think RCA should be starting. The rest of the outfield in the national, or the outfielders in the national league. You got Acuna. That's of given Mookie Betts and Corbin Carroll. I actually think they got the outfield pretty much right spot here. On. That's spot on. Like, there's no. I have no other like. That was my pick. Yeah. The DD is JD, Mar- JD Martinez. I had Jorge, Jorge Soler from the Marlins, but I can see the case for JD as well. Well, it was the fans. Remember the fan vote. Yeah. You see, fan, fans don't watch Miami Marlins baseball. Fans watch the Dodgers, the Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox, whatever whatever Fox decides to shove down our throats. Pause. Yep. All right, and then into the reserves. Catchers, you got Will Smith from the Dodgers, and your Rockies rep is Elias Diaz. That's actually – I had that, that back. I had that exactly. I nailed that one. Um, first baseman backup, Matt Olson, deserved. Second baseman backup, Ozzy Albies, you know, that's deserved. I had the, that as well. Um, Austin Riley's a third baseman. He was a borderline guy. Um, I didn't have him on my team, but I can see the case for him. He hasn't been, like, great this year, but he makes a team. Then you got Dansby Swanson and Pete Alonzo rounding out the infield backups. I had Pete. I didn't have Dansby. I had Thiro Estrada from the, from the Giants. I think we both had him, actually. Yeah, the, the Giants got massively shafted in this, like – the, the Giants are the Giants are another one of those teams that flies flies under the radar, and they're actually in a huge market. I think it's funny how the Giants are considered like a mid mid market team in baseball, but they're a big market team in, in the NBA and the NFL. Um, but the Giants are one of those teams that gets overlooked. Um, maybe it's because you know we only have capacity for one West Coast team, and that's going to be the Dodgers. And now that Otani's on the Angels, like you have to give your attention there. But the Giants, and we'll talk about their June later. They had a really good June. Like they're in a playoff spot or they're, you know, pushing for one. They had a really good season. They've had some guys that have come on here. Tyro could have been an all-star. 
You got Patrick Bailey, the rookie catcher. Um, so yeah, they did get shafted. Uh, I don't think Ozzy should have made it. I think you could also make a case for Cattell Marte, your guy Cattell. You've been yeah. saying Cattell, you've been a big, you've been putting me on Cattell, and I've been, I haven't noticed till like it was this weekend. I was like, damn, he's actually having a really nice year, resurgent year for Arizona, and Arizona's playing good balls. So, I mean, my thing with all is it's always been something that he's a switch hitter and he only hits really well off one side. I'm like, just ditch the switch hitting. Like, you look at his splits, and it's just like, bro, just just focus on one side. And, and at that point, there's no benefit of hitting switch. And he's hitting behind Ronald Acuna Jr. and in front of Matt Olson, Austin Riley, and and the rest of the list. So he's another one of those guys that benefits from playing for the Bears. Like, if you put Ozzie Albies on Pittsburgh, would he be the same player that he is? I don't think he would. If you put Cattell Marte in Atlanta, holy shit. If you put Cattell Marte... In Atlanta, he might be an MVP candidate. I wanted to say that, but I think that's too much. That's what I'm saying. But go look at his splits, man. He he. I think he deserves to be an All Star. Oh, he he definitely deserves it. I've been put on. So maybe it's just like that whole debate, the Tyro debate, the whole Ozzy debate. I mean, that's going to be something we're going to have to really examine. Ozzy Albie's really that important to them. Yeah. To the I mean, well, they got to watch that long term, right? No, no. no here, here's my thing. Ozzy or Dansby. At second? No, just in general, because like I think we're gonna have that revisionist history coming up soon. That paying, I mean, Albies is a great player, but who who would you rather have? I'd rather have Ozzy on that contract. But I'm just saying, but I'm just my thing is it's like you could have only paid one essentially. Right. I understand, yeah. Dancy was was smart. Dancy was not gonna get screwed out, screwed over by Braves accounting, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So, I'm just saying. I think yeah, that's an interesting debate. I mean, Dansby is really, really good defensively, but I mean, shit the the Braves lost Dansby, and their All Star, their their guy to shortstop is starting in the All Star game. Deserve it or not, he is. So, but but who, what are you taking? Who you thinks better, Dansby or Arcia? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you take Dansby. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We're really like we're let's like we're nitpick it. It's just like. Is Aussie as good of a second? Is Aussie a top five second baseman in Major League Baseball? No. Okay, he's getting paid like one. Yeah. And I'm understanding. Like, oh yeah, but it's getting bogged down. Yeah, because you're getting guys like Xander, and you know, I mean, I mean, Xander, you take Xander and uh, Trevor Story getting moved over to second. Second base is a weak position right now, but I take Altuve, Simeon. I'd probably take Cattell, Luis Arez over him, right there. That's just like off the dome. Those, those, those four, and we're and I know we're missing one big one. I mean, you can make an argument for um, Whit Merrifield. I don't think you would take Whit Merrifield over Ozzy Albies though. Uh, Drury. Um, oh, you're not taking Drury over Albies. That might be it. He might be fifth. He might be fifth in that in that list. Unless unless the Dodgers just get crazy with this and they and they make Mookie a permanent second baseman. Well then yeah, obviously you would take Mookie. That that's a dumb conversation. Outfielders in the Ameri- or in the National League, um, bench reserves. You got Lourdes Gurriel Jr. from the Diamondbacks. That's a nice selection. That's deserved. Uh, yeah, Castellanos from Philly deserved. deserved. He's uh, the Phillies rep, right? Yeah, he's the Phillies rep. He's they only they only got one guy. Uh, and then Juan Soto from the Padres and Jorge Soler, the backup DH. 
Well, the Phillies just decided to start playing baseball. Shout out Josh Doring. I think I think ever since we had that conversation with Doring on the Jays for Days uh, live stream, the the Phillies have decided to finally play baseball. I think I think what we need to start accustoming ourselves to yearly is that the Philadelphia Phillies do not play baseball in April or May. It's everything after that is when they start playing. Yeah, they maybe that'd be a good team to go put uh, like so, sprinkle some cash on to to make the playoffs to uh, maybe win a round or two in the playoffs. You know uh, what's crazy? Yeah, what? That ever since talking about the Phillies, when I read this, can't remember off who. Uh, so I, I want to give credit, but I can't remember who it was. But I actually looked it up. Um, guess how many times Bryce Harper has made the All Star team for the Phillies? In his contract for the Phillies, ooh, ooh, twice. No, once. Wow. How many years has he been there now? I'm looking it up, but he's been there since like 2020, 2019. He's been there since twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah twenty nineteen was his first full season. He only made it last year. Yeah, and last year he only played ninety nine games. And oh one, he didn't make it, and he was the MVP in oh one. Oh one? 2021, my bad. Yeah, he had 42 home runs that year. Yeah, that's craziness. That's just something that, you know, we don't talk about. And, you know, we there's there's a lot to talk about these outfielders. And here and here's what I'm going to get down to it. I think there's clear nepotism and there's clear uh, problems with some players making it because of their paths. I think you know who I'm hinting. I think Fernando Tatis yeah. should have made it because of the year he's having. And after watching the weekend of the Padres, I think if there's one player that means more to their team, it's him. Because I think with Juan Soto, the team's just shit. I think he's kind of like the juice of that team that kind of like, you know, yeah, they may get win one out of three against Cincinnati, but I think like without him, I think they get swept. Yeah. Without Tatis? Yes. Yeah. And I just think I just think there's just clear like nepotism, and like there's clear issues with the whole like motorcycle, uh, PED incident of last year that people are not going don't like. Yeah, Tatis is putting up crazy numbers, and he's only played 64 games when everyone else has played like 80, 82, and he has 16 homers, stolen 14 bases. You know, he's hitting 280 average with a 136 WRC plus and a 3.2 Fangraphs WAR. He's also been good defensively. As much as as like much he, as the league, as much as the league hates him, I think he's one of those guys that I think if like you put him in a, in, a, in in like New York with the Yankees, I think he'd love it. I think he'd actually just go ballistic, like he, one of those guys that the light's not bright, like no light will like make him like go under. He, he's he's a he's a box office type player. I know it'd be hard if you if like a Yankees or a Boston took him because of the, like what he brings, but I think like he'd like go ballistic. I think his numbers would go absolutely crazy in a Chicago, like a Wrigley Field or like a short porch New York. Mm-hmm. Just imagine how many dingers to do would hit. Yeah, he's got a, he's got some swagger about him, and a lot of people don't really like him, but yeah, he's definitely an all star. I also had um Christian Yelich, but he he didn't make it. The Brewers rep. Is who's the Brewers rep? Devin Williams, and Devin, that's and that's yeah. and that's where we and that's where we get down with the, what we said about the Yankees was like, um, 
Yankees pen is one of the best pens in baseball, but you can't send a unit. The Brewers have been a good unit as a team. It's kind of hard to like put a finger. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, all right, who who deserves it? Honestly, you know what I think should happen, to be honest? If we were going to amend MLB all-star voting, I think what we should do is is um for a team rep, if there's not one like unanimous and by unanimous be like three-fourths vote of the league voting for a player rep. I think the teams personally, like in-house, should vote. Like the 40-man roster Ooh. and the coaches should vote like who is the most important player so far and deserves it. Who's having the best year? Like anonymously. I know like you can't make it out to be like that, but I think like if you do it anonymously, I think you're gonna get a consensus from the team because they know the best vibe on who comes in the work and who makes like the difference day in, day out. I think that could be interesting. That that kind of reminds me of like how people in the NBA want like the, the the number one or number two seed be able to pick their opponent in the first round, uh like out of the playing teams. That would be kind of fun if like but then you would make the argument like, okay, then every team should be able to pick at least one representative. Why why only the bad teams? Like how do you determine which team because they want because they want to be unanimous. Like if they're let's say after starters and once you get to the reserve vote and there's no unanimous selection across the thirty teams, you go into like round or you give you give a third round of voting or you add in that part of the vote for those teams that they vote and then you do like a multiplier and figure out okay, based off the league and the team selection, we've come up with a consensus that this guy should go. I think that could be interesting that would be a fun little twist uh to the all-star game voting for sure because then because then you'd figure out to see like all right who really matters because i mean like right now i bet you if oakland was to vote i don't think brent rooker would make it you think they'll go ruiz or they'd vote jace peterson a veteran that deserves it i mean does jace peterson deserve to be an but it, it's just like it's like a, the all-star game in, in reality it's a celebration of baseball it's a celebration of the season so far and a celebration of the game and players should get rewarded for hard work in the seasons they had. Some play, some teams may stink and there may not be a good team, but there's always that one shining light in a clubhouse. It's like you're in a bad workplace environment. There's always that one guy at work that holds everything together. Well, it, you, you may not see it. You may not see it, but you know they may be holding everything down. Yeah, Jace Peterson's hitting 209 for the A's. So uh, I don't know if he'd be. Uh, great all-star rep, but I get your point. Uh, it was great until that Jace Peterson comment. Uh, anyway, the pitchers for the National League, you got Zach Allen, Spencer Strider, Bryce Elder, Justin Steele, Mitch Keller, Josiah Gray, Clayton Kershaw, and Marcus Stroman. The one that obviously stands out is Josiah Gray from the Nationals, but I actually don't think it's that bad of a pick. I don't think it's bad of a pick. I just think, like, it's like, what do you prefer? You prefer a hitter? And think about it. Out of the outfielders, okay. Out of the Nationals reps, your options are Heimer, Lane Thomas. That's it. And that's it. So okay, Lane Thomas gets squeezed out because of Guriel and um what's his name? Soto and uh Castellanos. Yeah. All deservingly more than him. Yes. When you look at third base, you get squeezed out because of Austin Riley, which maybe you can have the argument, but Heimer had a bad April. And Josiah has had a pretty decent year. Granted, it hasn't resulted into many wins. And he hasn't gotten deep into starts, but I think that's he deserves it. So, yeah, I, I'm not too too mad off that one. Yep, that's fair. 
Otherwise, I think you know the Cubs getting two reps is good. Stroman and Steele have been you know great this season. Three reps because they got oh yeah because Dansby sorry two pitching reps, but I don't. Otherwise, I think that was you know pretty good choices. And then the relievers: Alexis Diaz, Josh Hader, Devin Williams, and Camilo Doval. Uh, I had all of those except Devin Williams, and then I also had Bednar from Pittsburgh. Um, and David Robertson from the Mets, but he didn't make it. The Mets only had one rep, and that is Pete Alonso. And he has already committed to his World Series, the home <laughs> run derby. Uh, this is the this is why Pete Alonso plays baseball. He lives for the home run derby. This is, you know, the brightest the lights ever get for him. And well, Frank the Tank is probably loving it. Frank the Tank's ready to go. Frank the Tank is not excited. He said he thinks Pete Alonso needs the week off, actually. <laughs> that's 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 how many Reds fans feel. Like the Reds fans that have been texting me, they're like, "We do not need Alexis Diaz coming out next week." Like David Bell is like, whatever shit hits the fan, it's like Jabot, Sims, Diaz, and then after that, it's just like, who the fuck knows? Yeah, Alexis Diaz is is gonna get run into the ground at this point. Like they they need to pick up another reliever. No, so, Diaz literally Diaz's last two starts. We had his Friday, which was the we'll talk about soon, which was the thriller, and he had yesterday's game, which was like, oh my god, it was cardiac. Like literally, he has not been very good in the past two weeks. He's been allowing a lot of base runners. The only gripe on the starters that I have is I think Logan Webb should have made it. I know Bryce Elder is an ERA leader, but I want to give credit out to Logan Webb. Yeah from the Giants, and I feel like the Giants are having a very good year, and for the Giants only to have Camilo Doval, and that's, that's it. That's it. As a as a rep, that's pretty, like, bad. That's the same thing with the Reds. You're only going to have Alexis Diaz when you could have given it to McLean and Spencer Steer, but, I mean, what position are you going to put Steer at? Third bit. Like, he plays third, he plays outfield, so it's just like, okay. Like, Austin Riley and, like, Braves got way too many reps. I understand they're the best team in baseball, but not because you're the best team in baseball means that everybody should be, make it. Doesn't give you like a, a meal ticket or get out of jail free card to get a free vacation out in Seattle. And we we'll get into this later. The Braves were 33 and 23 heading into June, and then they just went ballistic in June. So it's you know after after May, no one was like the Braves are the best team in baseball. They're unreal. They're going to win the World Series. They're no doubter. You know there were still some question marks around them. They had some injuries, and they just had a amazing june that helped their all-star voting and now we're, everyone's looking at them as the world series favorites maybe rightfully so their lineup looks great obviously when they're hitting as well as they did in june but i don't think they're a lot to win the world series i don't think they should have this many all-stars and you know an amazing, like, let's hold out the amazing june because i just looked at the schedule and they played the mets they had a three versus the mets they played the nationals the tigers the rockies and, and the Twins and the Marlins. The Twins and the Marlins are the only two that are respectable, yet we know that they're a cut above. That schedule is, is, is kind of mid. And they play the Reds, and I mean, the Reds, I mean, yeah, they're they're a good team. They're playing good ball, but it's like all those games were like one-run games. And it, that series could have been really, really different if David Bell and, like, decisions went differently in comparison to, like, game versus the Rockies where they just smacked them to the ground and then the Tigers, you know. And, like, at the end of the day, 
does June really matter that much? Like who had the best June last year? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter well, how you're playing in June. Year, last, year we were, last year we were both, bro, we were on the Braves' pause. Like we were full on them. Like we were like, they're going to make the World Series. And, and like, boom, their season went tits up when the national, when the star power, the Phillies just came was like, slap them up. Right. At the end of the day, it's, it matters who's playing the best ball in September and October, who gets hot at the right time. So, yeah, you can look great in June, but that doesn't necessarily lock you in in the World Series. Baseball is a weird sport like that. And I think all sports are really like that. You just got to get hot at the right time. So, and this is a good segue. I mean, we both uh, pretty happy. We all started looking forward to it. I mean, next pod, we're going to talk about the home run derby, give more in-game predictions and see what's going on. I mean, there's not really much to predict. I mean, only them like who starts, how many innings. I mean, right now the starter for the ML is either going to be Strider or Kershaw. It's fan vote. So God knows where the fan vote's going to go. <clears throat> Kershaw. I thought the um, manager picks the starter. No, they had something on MLB Instagram today where it's like fan vote. Oh, let me look. So it's it's like, bro, Kershaw name value, bro. It's going to be like all Braves country versus the name that is Clayton Kershaw. It's just like the nepotism where Austin Riley, like I understand he's a good player, but like he's not had a year where he deserves to make it. It's just like third base is just so bleak. Yeah, again, there's always – snubs and people have their gripes it's never going to be perfect it's not a perfect process in really any sport but i think we spent enough time on the all-star game it's going to be fun we're going to get into our june team of the month now well Uh, i mean we can talk about the team team of the month which is the atlanta braves we started that you know they went 18 and 9 you said they started 33 and 23 three and a half ahead of the meds now nine 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 ahead of the miami marlins and the mets are 18 and a half back, and they are the pushing P team of the month. They were the losers. They went 7 and 19. Mets got a lot of issues. Um, yeah, man, I'm I, I, I held that hope, but man, I don't, I don't think there's any hope for, for the Mets, man. They just, just end the season. Just it's time to hit sim to end. <laughs> they did win a series over the weekend against the Giants, so maybe you know that'll spark a bit of a little run here before the all-star break, but I think the biggest issue I had with the Mets heading into the season and it came to, it, you know, came to fruition is they're relying on two guys that are, you know, late thirties or even into their forties in Verlander's case to be their ACE, be their, you know, front front of the rotation guys. And they just haven't been that this year for them in Scherzer and Verlander and their offense, we've always questioned that offense, and it's not like they really brought in anyone new. They were running back the same lineup uh, as they did last year, and they spent a fortune on it for for Nimmo, obviously Lindor, that contract, and like no one's really producing except Pete Alonso. And I'm not, I'm honestly not that surprised. It felt like, yeah, they won 101 games last season, but it felt like they're you know getting career years from a lot of guys. Like you look at a Jeff McNeil. Uh, Eduardo Escobar was really good. Starling Marte. Starling Marte. And those guys just haven't been that good this year. And honestly, I'm not, I'm not super surprised. Um, so yeah, I mean, Mets fans, you have to be pissed off. They spent so much money and they have the biggest payroll in baseball and they're just not, they're just not good. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting with what happens this week. I think this week is going to be a big week on, on their future between Scherzer and, um, and Verlander. But I mean, that's for the trade deadline pod. Mm-hmm. Passing was floating out some names was floating them out and he was linking them to some teams that I was like, 
I severely doubt that those teams would actually like cough up the prospects that the Mets would want mm-hmm. to bring a Scherzer or a Verlander at this point in their careers. It just doesn't fit the timeline. Um, interesting, interesting. We'll we'll get to that in the next pod. Our trade deadline. Our, yeah, no. Our second team of the month is the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, probably the biggest feel good story of the season. I mean, they're young, they're fun, they play close games, they they hit walk offs, they hit bombs. They hit 120 mile an hour balls off the bat. They have um, an amazing, yeah. They have an amazing like one run game record. They became America's team in June, I think. They, they play. A, they play actually. A, they play like they play a fun brand of baseball. Like there's a lot of like there's a lot of guys you can look at that just fun, like Ali Steer, McLean, Stevenson, India, and it's scary if every off all the pieces come together and get healthy, they could actually be something that makes the playoffs. And like I said. Um, like I said, we talked about how the the Mets have a big week. So do the the Reds actually have a big month. I think it's that's I think out of every team, they have the biggest month ahead. Um, if you look at their schedule, they play the Nationals tonight. They have a three game set versus the Nationals, four. and then they and then they four game, and then they get three versus Milwaukee. They play Milwaukee nine times in the month of July. I mean that so, that could determine the division right there. That that could determine the division right there exactly. That's I mean, it either determines the division where the Brewers end up coming out. I think I thought about this yesterday. The Brewers either win that it either solidifies that the Brewers are going to win the division. They're just going to run up, run away with the landslide if they win seventy five percent of those games. Okay. A B the Reds are actually real and they actually you know take fifty to seventy five putting them in a in the driver's seat or in competition. Or what we can see is we can just see complete cannibalism and just see both teams just split both series. And we're back to square one, which I think is going to happen because that's just how the baseball gods work, that we're going to get them splitting both series. And then we're just stuck in a position where the Cardinals come back or the Cubs come back. And it just starts a whole like four or five game team race at the end of the year. But if you look at what the um, what the Reds have outside of Milwaukee this month, they have the Nationals with that four game set. But they also play the Giants and Diamondbacks, and then they go to the Dodgers at the end of the month. That's, the that's Brewers. Not, that's, that's not a problem. The the Brewers that's, 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 have. Bro, 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 you're you're making it out to be that these are the same old Reds. We forget that the Reds have already won series versus the Rangers, the Marlins, the Dodgers. They played every single Braves game by a run. So it's just like they're in games. It's not like they're like getting blown out versus good teams. They're playing good teams and they're winning a series versus teams that are going to be there. And then the the Brewers have the Cubs. They play at Philly, home versus Atlanta, at Atlanta. So they have two series against Atlanta this month. So if there's honestly, the NL Central is going to be really, really good in in the month of July. Like keep your eyes on. Like, like I just said, I just think it's just going to be straight cannibalism, and we're going to end up with a fifty percent, like every single team in the NL Central in it by August September, except Pittsburgh. Even though no, they had a good week, no, even though Pittsburgh like is playing like dog shit, I just think Pittsburgh can literally go five hundred into the month of of August and still be in it because that's how I think the Central is going to play out. I just think there's no team in the Central that's going to be able to like solidify themselves as top dog. It's like top dog syndrome. They're going to get the first place and immediately just tail off. Like it wouldn't surprise me as much as I really do think these next four games are easy versus the Nationals. I could totally see 
the the Reds just being like running out of gas, not running out of gas, but just being a little tired through these one run games, extra inning games, and just boom. That bullpen, like I said, David Bell uses the same three guys. It's Jabot, Sims, yeah. Reds. Every time, every time I turn in a late inning Reds game, one of those guys is pitching. They need to get they need to get Lodolo back. Um, they need to get Hunter Green back, and we're not probably going to see either of those guys in the month of July. So it well, does feel like they've had a lot of luck over their way this month. We'll see well, if that can continue. Well, the biggest thing, and this is the last thing I'll say, this goes to our injury talk. Um, the Reds said that Hunter Green and Lodolo are in Arizona in their starting throwing programs, and they could be back by August. They got Tony Santian. I don't know. You haven't seen him pitch. He's a flamethrower guy. He just he's coming back from injury. He's doing his rehab right now in Louisville. And they also have TJ Antoon ramping up. So reinforcements are on the way. Yeah. So hey, I hope they, they can keep it going because they're they've turned into America's team, like we said. Uh so yeah, Braves, Reds, honorable, honorable mentions, Giants, Giants and Marlins. Yeah. We, we we haven't given the Giants a lot of love. Uh, losers, we said the Mets. And I wanted I put this one out. And I know you dismissed it last week, but I think we really, really start need to seeing what the Dodgers are going to do and investigate them because they've been really 500 middling. They don't inspire confidence. And I can totally see a scenario where we get into September and they get squeezed out of a playoff spot. So are you fully on the Diamondbacks are going to win that division train? I'm not fully on that they're going to win the division, but I fu- I'm fully on that they'll make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I can see, I can see, I, I, I see a world where both Arizona and San Francisco win games like i'm not the biggest dave roberts fan and i've said that you, you've never been never I, I i watch a lot of dodgers games i'm not a dave roberts guy Neither and that COVID that that covert world series 100 saved his job 100 dave capital runs circles around the man and i would argue that um as much as you're not a big dave capital guy because i know he kind of I feel he gives me a little bit of Tony Tello vibes too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's just like if Gabe Kapler had what the Dodgers had, I think they'd be a routine 105 team win team. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like they've just been really mid. Like they, they Robert, lost, they lost, they lost two of three in Kansas City over this weekend. The they, worst team in baseball behind Bays. The pitching is not good. The pitching not been hasn't been good, and Dave Roberts screams West Coast version of Aaron Boone. Ooh. Well, they do have a ton of injuries to that rotation, so. But I, mean, I agree. Okay, I, I, but, but they have the talent. When you have a lineup coming up with like Mookie Betts and like guys that are hitting well in the player development system that they have there in LA, I mean, shit, come on, you gotta you gotta be doing something. Yeah, let's get into our players of the month from June. Um, we don't have to go through like all their stats, but we can pick kind of one that really stood out. And I'll start. Catcher from the Giants, Patrick Bailey, is our catcher of the month. Um, he had a 6.0 defensive rating um, for for the for the Giants. He got called up in like mid May, and mm-hmm. he's, he's taken the team by storm. 141 WRC plus on the month and a 1.2 Fangraphs WAR. Hit 316 average. Uh, he's been great for them. Under the radar guy again. All the Giants guys seem to be under the radar, um, and he's another one of them. So he's our catcher of the month. He, he's by far the best catcher this month, I think. The next couple guys we kind of talked about. It's Matt Olson. I mean, yeah. everybody knows he's one of the leaders in home runs. We don't really need to get into the stat line. I mean, dude, dude's like regen version of Adam Dunn right now. Um, Cattell Marte, 
both talked about him. Corey Seager's on video game numbers. Like like we said last week, the shifts really benefited him, the elimination of the shift. He's hitting 368 and a WRC plus of 198 with a 1.6 fan grass award. That's pretty much insane. In one month. In one month. Like, I would say, why did the why did the Yankees decide on Rizzo over Matt Olson? Probably money. And probably because Rizzo's more fits more of like the molds of a Yankee player, to be honest. And plus, you don't want to give up all those prospects to get an Olsen. Well, I mean, look at those prospects now. Just saying. I mean. Lost their value. I mean, just, just think about it. Like, and this is something that we're going to get into next for the deadline, that um, teams have preferences. Like, they, yeah, we all of us read, like, Baseball America and MLB Pipeline, but every team has different models. And, and this is going to be in the draft. And they value different prospects differently. I know there's a lot of teams in Major League Baseball, as been said before, that Yankees players are overinflated on many, many national um, player uh, national writers' um, lists. Yeah, of course. Yankee, tele- Yankee player development. They feel like, oh, whatever they're doing in New York can't be matched. And that's the same thing at Houston and Tampa, but because it's Houston and Tampa and they're way smaller markets, nobody kind of talks about it. Go look at a guy like Zach Eflin. Like, dude is like a mid-starter, mid to above average starter in Philadelphia. Look at what his spin rates now in Tampa. Go look at Verlander's spin rates in Houston. They, they work voodoo magic, those pitching staff, uh, co- pitching coaching staff, whatever. Whatever they do there, yeah. But, yeah, no, Corey Seager, crazy. Um, J-Ram, again, holding Cleveland up. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I want to see what Cleveland does at the midline. That'll be something for the next pod. J-Ram um, is probably the most underrated player and disrespected player in all of baseball. He's an MVP guy. If you put him in a bigger market, he's an MVP guy. Yeah, he had a 177 WRC plus and a 1.7 Fangrass war in June. Hit 330 uh, with a 400 OVP. Like, just put some respect on that man's name. God sakes. Uh, Fernando Tatis is the other guy we talked about him. Yeah, Cunha talked about him. There's no need to talk about those two. Luis Robert, I mean, holding the White Sox up by his back because TA is dealing it. He's going through it right now. Um, don't need to talk Might about have him. to have a TA funeral, my friend. <laughs> I already OBLed him off my face. <laughs> yeah. I'll, the national writers are hopping on TA. It's getting hard to defend the man right now. It's getting really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. He, it's, it's a sad It's a sad time for you. I don't need to comment on that. Yeah. Uh, no need to talk about Shohei Otani. Dude's, uh, dude's probably had the greatest month of, of June in MLB history. He was, he, I think it was uh, Lou Gehrig that he tied for most bases in a month. For 98-99, I think it was Lou Gehrig or – I can't remember who it was, but he tied 15, from- Yeah, 15 home runs, Angels franchise record for home runs in a month, 297 – or sorry, 279 WRC plus and a 2.8 Fangraphs war as a hitter. And, you know, this is besides what he did as a pitcher. Uh, yeah, he – oh, my gosh. He put up absolute video game numbers in the month of June. This guy's – oh, my gosh. He's going to get so much money this offseason. 500 mil, man. Oh, that's wow. that's the starting. That's the starting number, I think. Yeah. Uh, pitchers, we got Yuri Perez, the the Miami rookie, point three two ERA, one earned run, eleven point two five Ks per nine. Pretty crazy that he's been the best pitcher in Miami. Not uh, aside from Sandy, who Sandy and TA are probably going to funerals soon. We're gonna have to have conversations about Sandy. We we had about last week. Next guy. I'll be very curious to see how the Marlins uh, 
handle the whole Yuri Perez innings limit. Cause you're right. He's been their best pitcher this season. And I mean, they're in, they're in a playoff spot right now. So do you, do you limit his innings? Cause the big flag on him as a prospect is you're worried about him getting injured because of his delivery and his length. Um, do they, do they that limit, limit or do they let him go? Cause they're in this thing. Uh, but he got pinata the other day by the Braves, but then again, everyone gets pinata. Yeah, that was pinata. in July, not June. So everybody pinata's a blaze. And the next guy, Blake Snell, I mean, he gets a lot of crap, but I feel like he's a very he's a purple patch type of guy. He's a type of guy that shows up for a couple weeks and we don't know. Blake Snell, very inconsistent, but he had a good month. Uh, 31 innings, 0.87 ERA, three earned. Um, very interested to see what happens with him at the deadline. I'm very interested to see what happens with a lot of these teams at the deadline. And yeah, because he's on the Padres team that's disappointed. You know, he's, he's a free agent, a big it's name like, guy. It's like the same deal with Jordan Montgomery. You got two two guys that are in it, they're not in it, pitching really well. You want to buy, but you don't want them to walk. So, you know, yeah, it'll be interesting. Padres are in a weird spot for sure. Uh, Felix Bautista reliever of the month. I mean, Omar from the wire out here, you know, closing down the game. When Only one bold save, and that was the game that the Amer- the Orioles still won. 18.56 strikeouts per nine. When, when, when you hear the whistle, <laughs> impending doom. I mean, I you could make an argument that the Orioles can win a World Series just because how good that back end of that bullpen is this, this season. It was pretty good. It was pretty nuts when they they tied up that game versus the Reds and they brought him in, and he 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 got two men on. He put got two men on the base pass with no outs, and the dude just went in, and just started throwing just straight hundred mile an hour heaters, and was like, "Yeah, you can't hit this." Yeah, I remember like, I was watching that game. That was fun. Was, that was fun. Um, other notes we had: Chapman got traded to Texas. We called that. Um, if you listen to the pod, you would have known. I mean, we have no links to the Rangers or Kansas City organizations, but, you know. We should. I mean, we should. We we seem to get everything right around here. Yeah, I mean, shit. Like, come Not on. everything, that's for sure, yeah, but yeah. we did hit on that one. Uh, he pitched yesterday. He came out with a good start. Um, they traded him for Cole Reagans, a former first-round pick, left-hander. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what the Royals are doing, man. I don't know. Like, I, I would expect a different return. Yeah, they didn't really get much at all. Neither of these guys are top ten prospects in in either systems. That's that's what I'm saying. That some some teams have these voodoo magic models that have some guys like ridiculously high. Like the Royals are one of those teams. The Royals, the Rockies, are those two teams that have these voodoo magic models that rate guys so differently that when you'll see their draft picks, you're like, how did this guy draft number like this high? Especially last year, uh, Frank Mazzucato for the Royals. Yeah. He wasn't even a top fifteen guy, and they drafted him eighth, coming out of Connecticut. No disrespect to Connecticut baseball, but it's definitely not the state that I'm looking for for a top baseball prospect. Like, if I'm looking for no a baseball chance, I'm looking at Texas, Florida, California first. He was okay. seventh in 2021. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I don't know, man. Committed to UConn. UConn's not, yeah, they're good at baseball, but it's not your your SECs, your Big 12s, or your ACCs. Like, if you're, if you're a good picture in Connecticut, I would imagine you go to BC. But you went to Connecticut. You're committed to Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, George Springer did go to Connecticut, but that's a one guy that comes to the, to mind. But other than one, that, one guy out of you know how many. Right. And then um, 
Injury talk, uh, Kopech got shut down, which is pretty big. I can see him getting moved at the deadline. Shoulder inflammation, that's probably going to hurt what you can do at the for the White Sox. Drury hit the I.L. the other day with a shoulder contusion. And then McClanahan, as we spoke earlier, hit the I.L. with a back injury. Yeah, the injuries are just piling up for the for – the it's, it's, it's that time of the year, bro. It's that time, bro. Pause. Well, for the Angels specifically, I mean, they got they're holding on. I feel like by a thread at this point, even though they keep like winning series, and you know, Otani's probably going to break Aaron Judge's re- home run record in the American League already. Uh, they so somebody, somebody said it best on Twitter. They put the uh, Otani hitting home runs strong and independent. Aaron Judge broke ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know a lot of this ha- is the Judge slander is coming from the fact that he's hurt right now. We haven't seen him play. Will we see he will we see him play? Oh, we forgot the biggest note. So you you know how the critics quarter we said we get everything right, we actually got something wrong. Well, we didn't we don't get everything right, but what did we get wrong? Carlos Rodon's pitching. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, he's gonna make he's his back against the Cubs here this weekend. There you go. Are you going to start? Well, I'm not it's in New York, so no. I thought it was in Chicago. No, it's in New York. The, the the Yankees come to the White Sox this year uh, okay. in the, in like August mid August, but the Cubs they don't play the Cubs at home unfortunately. I can't wait for our annual T A versus Josh Donaldson reunion. Yeah, well, T A might be gone by then. <laughs> Both of them might be gone. So yeah, that's true. Hopefully, uh, in Donaldson's sake, Donaldson might retire before the end of the season. I mean, he was talking about, oh yeah, I may just play these oh. last year. All right, yeah. We didn't even mention Domingo Herman threw a freaking perfect game. That happened. Oh, well, yeah, it was open. I mean, yeah. granted, the perfect game is very difficult. Yeah, obviously. It's only happened, what, 28, 27 times in MLB history. And I know it's against the or, or against the A's, but why hasn't anyone else done it against the A's this season? You know? Sunday German, man. It's Sunday German. Sunday German. Sunday. That's, yeah. That's what it's like. It was uh, Sunday German. It was kind of overlooked because of obviously his past, and also it was against the A's late at night. It was uh, a tech, it was like an 11 o'clock game, so. Yeah, it wasn't super memorable, but it was still, I watched it. It was really exciting. I've never seen a perfect game, like, live from start to finish, so that was great. And that then was, also uh, LSU won the national championship in men's baseball, so good for them. The series, final series was kind of boring, but a lot of MLB talent there. We'll a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of Livy Dunn talk, a lot of unnecessary Livy Dunn talk. Shout out, baby Gronk living up Rizzy, uh, Livy Dunn. That happened. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the thing I got kind of frustrated with. Like the game was pretty good. Like the games were good. There was a lot of talent, but like there was no need to like envelop like Livy Dunn talk and like baby Gronk. Like no, none of that. None of that. It's, it's at the point that's like, does Livy Dunn even go to LSU or even compete athletically for LSU? Well, I know she's on the gymnastics team. I don't know if she does. She compete? Is she like? Is she I doing, have no idea. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Or is she, is she on? Is she just on the team because she brings good publicity to the school? Well, she got on the team and then got famous. So, but but but, but, but that's what I'm saying. But it's just like, it's just like you're good. But it's just like, couldn't you get over recruited? Like you can get over recruited in baseball. Yeah. How I mean, I have. I literally have no no idea. Uh, we we need a, we need a gymnastics expert. Do you know any gymnastics experts? Not not a single one. Yeah, all right. Unfortunately, yeah. that's that's one sport that's uh, a blind spot for me. More than a blind spot for me. <laughs> all right, we're just shooting the shit at this point. I, I feel like we, we should get out. This was a long one. 
Uh, you got anything else to say before we before we hop off? We'll be back next later this week. So, bro, we'll probably have two more this week because we got to do draft talk and we got to do um, we got to do draft talk and what else we got? We got the trade deadline. deadline. Yeah, trade deadline. We drafts, on, drafts on Sunday. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... Draft on Sunday and then deadline talk. I mean, there's always that one deal that happens during the All Star break because the All Star break is just a big conference for teams just to like meet. It's a huge convention. Like, there's always going to be one rumor floated around because everybody fucking talks and they're confined to like three or four hotels into a square radius of like ten miles. So something's bound to happen. Something's yeah, something is going to happen. Summer winds are blowing in. It's that time of year. A lot of trades are about to go down. Contenders are going to be buying some teams that are on the edge. Got to make decisions here soon. So it remains to be seen. Nonetheless, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one later this week. Peace out. (laughs) 